Hey everyone, one quick note before we begin this episode. So a bit of exciting news, Scripture for Today has become its own podcast. So this week will be the last week that you can find these episodes on the Aliso Creek Church podcast. There's a link to the Scripture for Today podcast in the show notes, so click it and subscribe on Apple or Spotify, or you can listen on the new host site, which the link will direct you to. We've loved getting to make these devotionals, and we're hoping that this new format will help it to grow and expand. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me. My email is nick, N-I-C-K, at alisocreekchurch.org. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouths will declare your praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The scripture for today is Luke 22, verses 39-71. through 71. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word as we listen to Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed by Isaac Watts, sung here by Bob Coughlin. This recording, taken from a large worship conference, features hundreds of singers on the traditional Irish melody. The simplicity of the setting, a multitude of voices with a single piano, brings additional attention to the powerful text.
Luke 22, verses 39 through 71. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said no more of this, and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you do not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. On this Good Friday, we reflect on Luke's account of Jesus' path to the cross. He is betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter, mocked and beaten, blasphemed and sentenced to death. But before all of these events, Jesus prayed. And in his prayer, we learn the meaning of everything that is about to happen. Several years ago, I got to be a groomsman for a wedding of my good friend, Charlie, and it just so happened that it took place in Minnesota in January, where everything was frozen and it was negative 10 degrees. 
Well, as a bunch of California guys planning a bachelor party in a Minnesota winter, we decided to try and go ice fishing. Sounded like fun. Well, thankfully, Charlie's future father-in-law, Don, was an ice fishing veteran. He hooked us up with all of the equipment, and we drove out to this huge lake, and then we walked about a half mile out onto the lake. And to be honest, it was a little frightening at first. The ice barely met the two-inch threshold of being able to ice fish. And if you walked too closely to someone else, you could feel the ice start to crack beneath you. But Don said it was fine, so we kept going. In our minds, we thought this would be relaxing, but it turned out to be quite the ordeal. First, we had to get all of our drills set up so we could set up holes to fish in. Then we set up tents around the holes where we could stay warm. And after a couple hours of fruitless fishing, I wandered over to a tent where a few guys were hanging out in. I poked my head in, and although it seemed too full, Don invited me in. But after a few moments of talking, our collective weight started to cause the ice beneath us to crack. And all of us, filled with panic, looked at Don to see what to do. And where we expected him to show the calm confidence he's had up to this point, he started yelling, everyone out, everyone out. And we climbed over each other to make it out of the tent before the ice collapsed. When someone who is fearless shows fear, we know that something is extremely wrong. Up to that point, Don's confidence and composure kept us going even when we were afraid of the thin ice. His confidence gave us confidence. But once he became afraid, that's when we knew things were seriously wrong. Up to this point in the gospel story, Jesus hasn't shown any fear. He's faced the religious leaders, disease, even demons, and hasn't shown an ounce of fear. But here, for the first time, he's afraid. His stress is so great that he begins to sweat blood. Why is he so afraid? The answer is in his request. Take this cup from me. This is the cup of God's wrath, which the Old Testament spoke of. The cup of divine justice poured out on God's enemies. Jesus teaches us that this is the one thing we should be afraid of. But what makes this Friday good is that Jesus took that for us. On the cross, he became sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Feel the weight of the garden and let it drive you to trust in Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin.
Let's close now with this prayer from St. Augustine. O you from whom to be turned is to fall, to whom to be turned is to rise, and in whom to stand is to abide forever. Grant us in all our duties your help, in all our perplexities your guidance, in all our dangers your protection, and in all our sorrows your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.